joining us on another installment of the Power Hour presented by KWZD. We've got a great episode for you tonight. We'll get the book note and Gerard Jansen's in to talk with Joseph Thielen about his latest book, Gerard's Dreams. Uh, Jedlin, our internet archaeologist, has been doing some digging and has uncovered what might be the first online auction. Then call Carl today with any of your spring cleaning thoughts, ideas, concerns, questions, call Carl, and we are legally obligated, not allowed to say his last name. So call Carl, last name redacted, lines are open, any of your spring cleaning ideas, thoughts, opinions that you want to share with Carl. That's our show today, and we hope you stay tuned. This is KWZD. Listeners like you, become a member today and support KWZD. Be part of the movement. Be one of the KWZD contributing wizards. Contribute today and receive a free toad for every $6 contributed. That's right, especially today. $6 gets you one free toad. Uh, so if you were to contribute, say, $36, that would mean six free totes, which you may do whatever you'd like with and spread to your friends who may also then, in turn, give money in multiples of six to receive the same said toast that they may do and pass along to others, thereby spreading the joy of KWZD. Become a member today and don't join the tote revolution of Nexus Book Network. for joining me in the book nook dreams can be the window to another reality perhaps our other selves or as some would argue a whole new book upon themselves for 37 years Gerard Jansen has been keeping track of his dreams blogging them daily, releasing several short essays about them. To call him prolific would be a massive understatement. But today, he has released the compilation from the last 37 years of fan favorites and personal anecdotes into what is simply titled Gerard's Dreams and I happen to have Gerard Jansen himself in studio today. Hello, Gerard. Hello, Joseph. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. It's, uh, I just started following along just oh, a few you. years ago, and uh, it was quite difficult to catch up with the motifs and themes mm -hmm. in your dreams. Is you really made... Be being a fan of your dreams much more accessible with the compilation. Uh, yes, yeah, so the compilation itself is, uh, it was a massive undertaking. As you said, there's 37 years of me to go back through and figure out which dreams really not only spoke to me, 
but the audience. Now, what started off your dream journaling adventure? Well, it started with a repetitious dream that I kept having. And it was just me in a kitchen. There was a single light above my head. And all that was on the table was a half-eaten pie. And in that dream, I couldn't eat the pie. But it was half-eaten. So I'd always wake up curious, what flavor was the pie? How come I couldn't eat the pie? And who ate the other half of that pie? So that's what really inspired me to start expanding, you know, not only jotting down what dreams I was having, but maybe expanding upon the ideas of that dream. That way I was more fulfilled of the stories. Now, many members might know that to be the Pi Chronicles, mm -hmm. which of course dominated 22 years of your work and came to quite an interesting end and quite a head, which we, are those included in the compilation? Um, I have more plans for the Pi Chronicles. Uh, but there are some dreams inside of there, but uh, I didn't want to dive too much into the pie. Uh, because again, I have future ideas for other books regarding the Pie Chronicles. Now when you say future ideas for your dreams, have you found that you are gaining some sort of mastery over your slumber? Perhaps some lucidity within your dreaming realities? I would say... In certain regards, yes. So I've been taking more herbal supplements over the past two decades, um, like uh, some wormwood, um, some arrowroot. Arrowroot. Uh, surprisingly, blueberries. Blueberries. Yes. Um, so these sort of things help me uh, have more vivid dreams, and I've discovered that if I force myself to have smaller time frames of sleep, I have more ridiculous dreams, let's say. So they're more wild, they're more fluid, and they vary in great manners. So I only sleep for about seven minutes at a time. As I've read, it's quite the erratic schedule. Is you actually don't sleep an eight-hour night, as you've said, but seven-minute increments mm -hmm. of some anywhere between 23 and 62 uh, sleeping uh, cycles. Is this, correct. is this correct? Yes. Um, Fascinating. And that's allowed me to write a lot more because within each seven-minute increment, I could have two, possibly four dreams in those seven minutes and it's it's quite astounding what I've been able to accomplish and another process is I've switched to a sleep pit and this has helped me tremendously so I'm now sleeping standing up but I feel like maybe the way my blood flows as I'm sleeping and standing has changed everything seven minute sleep pit sessions are the secret. Would you suggest your normal 
uh, layman, if you will, to undertake such a rigorous sleeping uh, habit? Only for the benefit of experiment. If you're going to try and change this and work a nine-to-five job, I would not suggest that whatsoever. But if you're on vacation and you live a drug-free sort of life, this is a great way to escape and maybe feel that, uh, that sensation of intoxication. It would be very difficult to bring a sleep pit to the office, to <laughs> say the least. <laughs> Are there any highlights that you found or favorites that I understand that fans demanded is that there was actually a... When, when news came out that you were compiling this, this work, is fans actually... Uh, protested and riot, nearly rioted outside yes. of your home for several weeks, yes. demanding that you put uh, some certain dreams in inside. There is uh, um, the young tortoise revenge. Oh yes. Um, the sleeping sister wells. Mm-hmm. Coolington and the coolers. Yes. To uh, name a few. Yeah, the three hats and two fans. That was a remarkable dream. Gripping. Yes. Gripping. Um, these dreams that I have had, people read and then sometimes experience themselves. Maybe not in the same exact manner, but I believe that creates an attachment, you know. Um, and perhaps maybe people are having dreams and then they read one of my own and that sparks it and they're like I've had that dream myself so there's a sort of interconnectivity and in, on the astral plane that I don't quite understand myself maybe my fans don't quite understand but we are connected and for that reason they feel strongly on having their particular favorite dreams in these chronicles absolutely fantastic transitioning through planes connectivity connectitude you can order Gerard's dreams anywhere you get books uh, I would highly suggest you get uh, in your local town village or city or hamlet that you find a local sleep session and nap time with fellow fans of Gerard's dreams where you may get together, read, sleep, read, read and sleep as uh, the experience is transformative and uh, goes hand in hand with the works and many diehards will only experience your work in that particular environment. Oh yes. Gerard Jensen, thank you t- for coming in today. Thank uh, you, Joseph. Gripping book. Uh, we should all go and read it. And maybe, if you're not quite sure, sleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joseph Thieling. This is the Book Nook. And this is KWZD. Hello and welcome back, listeners. I'm Judlin, your internet archaeologist. And today we're going to be talking about 
the first bidding war. Now, many of you are familiar with the website eBay and the ease of bidding that has been brought on by the website. You just sign on, you throw a bid, and you could easily win a product. This first occurrence many years before, in fact, back in 1972, back when the internet was mostly just small pocket intranet services held mostly on servers between businesses for the employees to communicate to one another. In the government, one man, Dave, was in a chat room with his co-workers talking about their daily lives and what they were going on about and Dave Foley had brought up that he had a cookie jar he was no longer in need of and asked any of his co-workers if they wanted to purchase it and immediately afterwards I'm saying seconds after the message was posted onto the board eight employees each added incremental bids of eight ten 14, 32, 35, 41, and 70 dollars on this cookie jar. And it blew Dave's mind that these people wanted it so badly that they were bidding extreme numbers. He had only paid 17 dollars for the cookie jar and he's already seconds later able to receive over $70. Now, it didn't stop in their pocket intranet. This bidding war had been shared across servers to other pockets. It started in, in DC and was brought out to New York where a man had bid over $100. And it just spread like wildfire. And the, the delay between the New York server and Dave's server in DC was minutes, so these bids occasionally would be lower than the bids that had been previously posted, and it became chaos. And to help sort through some of the history of this bidding war, we've brought Dave Foley onto our show. Dave, could you uh, say a few things about the cookie jar? Yeah, like, um, I never really expected it to blow up the way it did, you know? Like... All it was was a um, cookie jar shaped like a leprechaun holding an AK-47. And uh, I just didn't want it in my house anymore. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my coworkers about it. And they were just like, yo, this is, like, Dave, Dave, this is so cool. This is so neat. I need, I need that cookie jar. And I was like, sure, how about I, you know... Since so many people want it, how about I just do a little auction? And uh, I almost regret saying that because it went crazy. It just went absolutely crazy. That is fascinating. People say that the the format of this bidding war largely formed the internet culture entirely. Yeah, because, you, know, you know, where else did you see that before then? You didn't, you know? The internet was about, um, you know, we would send, like, little jokes to each other um, every once in a while. Mostly it was just business. Um, mostly we just talked about work. Just like, all right, um, 
We're gonna need these quarterly reports. Uh, we're gonna, you know, uh, really uh, step up our our um, efficiency. But then, you know, a lot of us got bored. We were young at the time, uh, and we were just bored with all that. And we we're like, hey, we have you know a way to communicate with each other, and uh, you know, I, I think in any situation. It would have gone the same way. It just happened. I just happened to be lucky enough to be uh, at the at the uh, ground zero for bidding wars, and quite a bidding war it was. It had spanned through the entire course of I'm I'm reading here three months. Three months. It spanned twelve countries, twenty-seven states in the United States. Yeah. And two the, entire different continents. Yeah, half of the people didn't even speak English, but they were very... Um, very passionate. Very passionate. About um, this AK-47 wielding leprechaun. Yeah, so my co-workers got um, some serious, serious death threats. You know, uh, one lady had to, had to, you know, move away and change her name. She went to, like, a whole witness protection situation because... A guy from a guy from Croatia just uh, just did not like her and was very upset with uh, all the bidding and so eventually I just I just you know got tired of it and I just you know handed handed the reins over to somebody else and uh, let them hand I, I don't I don't know who ended up with the cookie jar in the end well to be honest I'm I'm seeing here that through the course of this three months. You handed the reins off to a second party who then felt it was far too much for them to handle. So they handed it off to a third member who finished the bidding war. And actually, we have the man who finished the bidding war with us, Mr. James T. Chris. Mr. Mr. Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. It is great to have you here. So... You have never met Mr. Foley, the original owner of the cookie jar. Yeah, you're, we never, you're, never met. You're, you're a little taller than I thought you'd be. Yeah, you know, a little bit. I hear that once you received the reins of this bidding war is when things truly got out of control. People were, were bidding not just money, but possessions, children, love of their life. I took it very reluctantly. Uh, there was... Really, they just, no one wanted to do it. So I got a, a signing bonus of uh, $5,000 to sell this cookie jar. And uh, I don't know, with inflation, and that was, that was a good amount of money back then that uh, put a lot of cookies in my cookie jar, if you know what I mean. Well said. So, uh, but uh, it just, I'm, glad, I'm glad it was me. I feel like a lesser man could have gotten taken over by the power of the cookie jar. All of the... Just the possessions, the women. It was just, it was intoxicating at times. But I, uh, I really persevered, and I think I, I think I handled it all with poise and the grace that it deserved. And I'm to understand that this this bidding war has gone to shape your career in large. That you would not have the position you hold today if you did not handle the cookie jar bidding war. Oh yeah, cookie jar. Every life that cookie jar touched got changed. 
not always for the better. Uh, I was the lucky better. one. I mean, I, you know what I'm talking about. We're yeah, not, no, exactly. We might be the lucky ones yeah. that come out of this one. A lot of lives are ruined. But uh, really, is it changed and shaped my entire career. Because I figured if people were willing to send just so much hate and spend so much just time of their lives to get this cookie jar, this this kind of, no, I'm sorry, this kind of ridiculous cookie jar, I figured, what else can I get these people to buy? What other ridiculous things can I push upon masses of, uh, of the world? And uh, so I uh, started my own ceramics factory to make, not duplicate cookie jars, but uh, that was, I did use that model for a time. But, and, uh, but uh, multiple shapes of novelty cookie jars. Of just, oh man, there's all kinds that you wouldn't even believe. Just, uh, <laughs> oh man, it's been, it's been wild, uh, wild cookie making years. That's wonderful. And so this, this bidding war ended in the fall of 72. And the product went for three houses, two cars, an entire deer carcass, and a pinky toe. Now, funny story about the pinky toe is, well, that was what was on paper. You see, we got the whole foot, but we only declared the pink. I mean, I don't know if there's a statutory on, you know, tax evasion, but we only declared the pinky. We got the foot. They got the entire foot. The entire foot. Well, that would wrap up our dig into the past of the cookie jar bidding war please stick around and listen to more kwzd you've been listening to the internet archaeologist but also sponsors like this one. Mike's Meat Medley. Join Mike's Meat Medley today and receive your meat of the week. Mike's Meat Club features different style, cut, and animal of meat every week. Join in the club, join the discussion with other Mike's Meat Medley members and discuss what you like about the meat. This week's featured meat, squirrel. So sign up today and receive it free half of squirrel on mic so become a member today try out the new meat meet new people through meat mike's meat medley sign up today at www.mikesmeat.net this is kwzd Call Carl, and it's me, Carl. And I've got a lot to talk about today. Look, a lot of people got messes in their houses, and I know a little bit about cleaning, about cleaning records, about uh, cleaning money, about cleaning lots of things. So, what I need you to do is to think about all the mess in your life, and think about all the brainwashing that has led to this point and what you are feeling like you're at your lowest 
and think about all the people who profit off of your misfortune and then your hatred for your own life and and your and your clutter because you're addicted you're addicted to buying new things and you can't throw any of them away I want you to think about that and then you give me a call and then I'll help you out I'm waiting oh hello hello caller you're on the air call Carl Hi, my name is uh, Steve. Uh, I'm out here in uh, Minnesota. Steve, good talking to you. Steve in Minnesota. Uh, thank you there, Carl. Thank you, sir. And, uh, well, me and the wife have a bit of an... She buys a lot of stuff on the TV, and it's starting to clutter up the house. And uh, we just don't know how to, how to get rid of stuff and how to decide what to keep and what to not keep. Do we throw away the egg cutter? Or the electric back scratcher. I'm not going to throw in my rotating shower head with the FM radio installed. Uh, what should I do? I'm glad you. I'm glad you called me, Steve. It seems like you're really in need of a lot of help. Oh yes. Oh yeah. You bet. Not, I have something. You brought up something that I really feel like I needed to talk to you about. You see, you said you have a wife. I, I do. Let me tell you about marriage. See, I know a thing or two about marriage. I made the mistake of getting married five times. Five different times. And let me tell you oh, wow. what they want. All right? You see, marriage is a way for the government, all right, to get you on a license, on record, to monitor your to monitor your romantic relationships, to, to, to monetize your romantic relationships. Everything you do. All right, is now be, has now become government property. Oh, jeez. All right, and your wife, she's bought into the whole globalist conspiracy, man. She's in it. She's deep in it. Honey. All right. You see, she is now controlling your finances. You don't have a hold of any of it, do you, Steve? No. No, I don't. You don't control what you buy and what you don't buy, where your money's going, where it's coming from, do you, Steve? No, my no. She you see, all the money. All right, the shadow organizations need you to spend money on diamonds. All right, what those are 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 nothing more than tracking devices. All right, so that you can be followed anywhere you go. There is no escape from the shadow organizations who want to steal your autonomy, Steve. They want to control everything you do. Now, what I want you to do. All right, listen closely. All right, do not tell, do you have kids, Steve? I have four wonderful children in my life. <laughs> that's, that's too bad, Steve. See, I don't want you to tell your children. Okay. I don't want you to tell your family. Uh, what I need you to do is to just leave. Leave right now. Tell them, tell them you're about to go out and get some cereal, uh, some baby formula. I don't care what it is. Make up an excuse and get out of there. You take, you take a bag full of uh, handkerchiefs and toothpaste and dental floss. All right? You get out there. You drive all the way to Baltimore, Maryland. All right, and I want you to go to 27th Street. 
and you talk to a guy named well I'll give you the name off the air all right okay. I don't want I don't want everybody here but you go to 27th Street in Baltimore Maryland and you tell a guy that you need to disappear and then you do disappear you got to change your name you got to get a new social security number you got to get a new a new ID all right that can't be tracked by the government all right and I want you to live off the land you know what I'm telling you Steve you know what I'm saying to you? Plant potatoes? You plant some potatoes. You start hunting. All right. You, 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 see, you see a stray cat, stray dog out there. And what, you got to you gotta get it. You got to grab it. You got to eat it. Oh, okay. I, I think I have to go now. You know what you want? Okay. Yeah, you do have to go. All right, Steve. I'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you. You, you betcha. Wow. That's the saddest case I've seen in a long time, folks. Four kids, a wife. Disgusting. All right, next caller. Next caller. Hello. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, I'm I'm, I'm Brent. Um, I'm I'm from out here in Rosamond. All right, hello, Brent. And I know they say during spring cleaning you gotta you gotta clean out. Everything you own, you gotta, you gotta put everything on. But that doesn't mean I have to clean myself, right? Like I could still be true to me. No, and absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, no, you must, you must see. You accumulate, all right. Your regular day to day life, going out and about. You leave your house. I, I mean, like twice a year. That's horrible. <laughs> That's, that's worse than I thought. All right, Brent. Look, you accumulate things from your environment every time you leave your house. Every time you 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 uh you breathe air from uh from the central air system. All right, they have chemicals that the government is pumping. All right, through the chemtrails. There's chemtrails that are raining down on all of us. All right, and know what's in there? Uh, chemicals. Chemicals, Brent. That's right, chemicals. And those chemicals, what they do is they transform your mind into something that is very susceptible to. You know what it's susceptible to? To 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 manipulation. To manipulation. What they want to do is they want to make you buy Mountain Dew. They want you to drink it, which is going to then fill your bloodstream with nanorobots. And those nanorobots will then turn you into a sleeper agent killing machine. All right? Oh, my God. Do you have a family, Brent? I have have a mom. Do you want to kill your mom, Brent? Not usually. Well, if you don't, if you don't wash yourself, and if you don't stop drinking Mountain Dew, and if you don't get away from chemtrails, start, you start uh, bringing an umbrella everywhere you go, you will end up murdering everyone you love, Brent. No. End of the call. I hope you learned something today, listeners. I hope you learned something from Brent. Let's get into the next call. Let's go. Hello? 
Hello? Hello, you're on the air. I'm oh. Carl. Hey Carl. How's it going? You know, it's it's going. Can't complain. Yeah. Well well, I've got a problem. Um I live with my grandma and she just won't stop decorating for Christmas. We're well into February and she's still putting up Christmas lights and she just bought a new tree and we've got four already. What do I do? I think what you need to do, all right, I'm going to be honest with you, what you need to do is thank your grandmother. Uh, okay. She is doing you a huge favor. Oh, well, how? You know what's in Christmas lights? No. There's a filament, all right, that's filled with an element called uh, uh, Neon Genesis. And what it does, when it lights up, it sends out a specific type of radiation waves, all right, which is on uh, their the theta waves, all right? You can also find theta waves in your brain, okay? And what those theta waves do is they strengthen your immune system, okay? And they strengthen your body, all right? And so what your grandmother is doing is fortifying you against the attacks of the globalist conspiracy, all right, to, to, to destroy what is pure and what is magical about the Christmas season. Well, wow. That's amazing. It is amazing. You know what else? Tinsel. Tinsel includes aluminum, all right, in, it, in, its, in its entire genetic makeup, which... Which is known to reflect away the mind-controlling radio waves from from the shadow organizations. Yeah, um, she has tinsel all over the place. Tinsel all over the place. Yeah. Your grandmother's a very smart lady. Holy cow. She's probably the only reason you're still alive. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my god. Yeah. I think I'm going to help her hang up some lights. Good, good. Thanks, Carl. Wonderful. All right. You know, as, uh, you know, listeners, I'm glad to know that there's still some vigilant citizens out there who aren't going to just take take the crap of this of, of, of what the world wants you to believe and what the world wants you to do. All right. Now, 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 now this lady, Hank's grandmother, is a saint and a true hero. Let's have our next caller. Hey man, am I on? Yeah, you're on. You're on the air, caller. Hey man, this is, this is Joe from Joland. Uh -huh. Hello, Joe from Joland. It's a just, good name. Hey, it's man, a good I cover, just, man. I trust I need, you. I need some help cleaning. I need some help cleaning, spring cleaning, Carl. Yep. Man, I, I got some government secrets in my head. I just, I need you to help clean for me. All right. All right, I'll help you out. Now, listen closely. Are you listening, Joe, from Joe Lynn? Carl, yeah, I'm here. All right. Mayonnaise. Mayo. W. w. 34. Chicken wing. Uh, Montezuma. Tennis shoe. Nike shoelace. Climbing up to the helicopter. And jumping out the window. When the dove lands on the grass of the field. There will be one star in the sky. And that star shall rain down 
upon all of the non-believers and grow into a mighty mushroom. That's it. You're welcome, Joe. Uh, wait, where? I, thank you. I, was, uh, I don't know quite what I'm doing in this phone booth. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Say no more. End of call. Well, listeners, I'm glad that I could still make a difference and help some of y'all. I'll be signing out from an undisclosed location, and I'll be signing back on in a different location next time. Stay vigilant. It's Carl Carl. You'll listen to KWZD. Thanks for joining us today on KWZD. This concludes our Power Hour. I want to thank all of our guests. Uh, Gerard Jansen for coming in today. Joseph Thielen for co-hosting. Jed Lynn for digging through the internet for that. And for Carl, last name redacted, who has requested that I no longer mention him in the show. So uh, thank you to all of our other guests from the first two shows. Uh, this is KWZD. Remember, become a member today and receive our online exclusive six for six deal. That's right, six totes for six dollars. And if you buy that in six dollar increments, you receive the payment again twice and your bill four times. Again, become a member today. Very easy to do. Sign up today. This is a production of KWZD.